well, hello and welcome and welcome and hello. Come in, come in, come in. The weather out there has been so dreadful or delightful lately, hasn't it? But you've come to the right place, I can assure you. So go ahead, wash your teeth, brush your face, have a cozy sit-stand or lie down, and close your eyes wide awake, because I've got a story to tell you. An Attempt at Ending Fear When the chills of the past would creep up to Alistair, crawl up his back on fingernails long unclipped, he would do what we all do. He shuddered. He felt his skin produce goosebumps. And though he should run, he stayed perfectly still. There was always that feeling, that urge, that hunch, that curiosity. For perhaps it was just the wind's way of blowing the door open, and perhaps it was just the rusty hinge's way to creak so eerily. But there also lay the possibility that some spirit had pushed its way back in to find a living soul perhaps whisper something into that soul's ear, perhaps flash appear in some hazy form in the corner of a mirror. And there is some doubt in all that. There is little, if any, proof to the idea that ghosts do in fact exist. And what's more, that if they do, that some would spend their time climbing the dusty, spiraling staircases of long-forgotten mansions. But with all that skepticism, why is it that not a single human can admit to never having felt the chill of goosebumps in times like those. Alistair felt the duality, understood and listened to the points made by either side of debates on the afterlife, uh, listened even to my thoughts and fears about a particularly shadowy home at the end of my street that seemed to back in and cackle at all who stepped to its gate. But when push came to shove, or shall we say before push came to shove, just before the tension of a moment urged towards a push, Alistair would push first. Alistair would shove with all his might at what might have wanted to push. This he explained to me in vague terms, until I finally pointed out their vagueness. And in answer, he simply took hold of my arm with such purpose, such force, that goosebumps shot throughout my body inside and out with such fervor that I feared the bumps would fire off my body and into the eye of some innocent passerby. They did not. They remained attached and rising, but never fleeing from my skin. And Alistair dragged me to the house in question. The house that cackled and beckoned. The house that bled through its windows. The house where shadowy spirits did shadowy things, screamed shadowy shrieks. And here is what Alistair did 
He kicked the iron gate open and pulled me through. He looked into my eyes, smiled, gripped harder, and charged forward with me in tow. From deep below, some hidden dark passage of Alistair's lungs arose a howl more maniacal than anything I had ever heard before. It was a warning for impending evil. Be it spirit, ghost, ghoul, banshee, or demon, that we were coming and not on the defensive. No, sir, make no mistake. Like thousands of seemingly defeated armies before, whose forces had been cornered and defeat arose imminent, we fed on massive doses of adrenaline and surged forward to rip apart all that we could. Alistair threw open doors and cackled. He sprinted through darkened hallways where dark paintings should have come alive and begged them to do so. He ran up spiral staircases where the caretaker's spirit should have hung from a noose giggling. And Alistair giggled the whole way up to the top to find that if the caretaker was, in fact, there, he had since untied the noose, collected the rope, and left. The top floor was empty. No murdered wives in bathtubs, no sleeping spirits in beds, no Victorian clothing floating without a human wearer. He hurriedly lunged for the clothes in the closet, overcoats and undercoats, to wear them first. He dressed me in the same, and then he tossed the sheets from all the covered furniture, with the sheets floating down in the dust. Alistair had conjured up memories of long-forgotten slumber parties and left the room in that spirit. He howled with glee. So deep the howl, so deep the glee, that it walked the fine line where glee and fear must meet. He confronted all the mirrors, be they broken, dusty, or whole, to show him any other reflection besides his own. And when they did not, He howled harder. He finally stopped for a moment, looked down at the floor below, breathed in deep the dust, the fear that stillness bathed in, and smiled again. He looked at my eyes, gripped harder, and sprinted down the stairs, me still in tow, shouting like a stark raving mad general, galloping happily to impending doom, for we were heading down the basement stairs, the stairs of the wine cellar, the stairs that led to buried bodies and screaming voiceless victims, the stairs that led to children's ghosts kneeling in corners and smiling up at us with hollow eye sockets. I pulled, but Alistair held fast and howled, We met the dirt floor, were introduced to each and every corner, and when it seemed as though I had somewhat calmed to the dark stillness that was a basement, that was an abandoned house, Alistair grabbed a shovel and dug up the dirt floor until it became quite apparent that no one was buried there. And we sat there, in the dirt of a long-abandoned home, wearing long-abandoned clothing, catching our breath. And Alistair said, This is what I do when I'm scared.